cabbage in the handbag. <laughs> Why the fuck not? <laughs> you never know when you need a cabbage. No, that's it. Oh, what's it called when, they, when they're in the stocks? Yeah, you never, you never know when you're going to encounter someone in some stocks. <laughs> <laughs> How often do you swap the cabbage out? Well, just before it turns, <laughs> I eat it. <laughs> what, just... No, no, I've got to cook it up. Oh, right. I might go buy a few potatoes. This is when I went to work and stuff. Oh, Sometimes right. I'd get to go to Morrison's. I'd just buy, go to the little meat counter and mm-hmm. buy two pork chops and then some little potatoes, you know, Morrison's. And then I'd go back, eat the cabbage, and then replenish the cabbage the next day or something. Alright, okay. <laughs> I wrote a song called Cabbages and Condoms. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> you swing them like this. <laughs> is it. What, what is it, sexual? Is it, what, what's it no, It's just Cabbages and Condoms. <laughs> it was named after a restaurant in somewhere in Asia, wasn't it? <gasps> Someone else mentioned that yesterday. What a coincidence. No yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. He said that uh, at the end... Um, they wear a condom over their head. Uh, yeah, light, lights are made of, of, of condoms. Everything's made of condoms. And at the end of the day, at the end of the date, or the end of the, the lovely meal you've had, they hand out condoms. <laughs> it's a great uh, first date place. Right. <laughs> Sounds like they're putting a lot of pressure on that dating couple, doesn't it? Yeah, you've got to take your first date. Here's some condoms. Put a condom on your head. Have some more condoms. All our food is. So you're you're eating your fucking dinner like in Danny DeVito's penguin. (laughs) (laughs) Shoveling it into your mouth. Licking it. (laughs) (laughs) Look at the flavours. You think it's normal? Oh. Cabbage and condoms. Cabbage and condoms. What a fucking place. And welcome to show. Yeah, welcome to going to the bottom of the post with the buckets. I'm Ben, as I'm jo- always, I'm joined by Mike. Hello. And Claire. Hi. Today, we're talking about Mothman. Alien visitor, cryptid, interdimensional demon of some kind, harbinger disaster. Who knows? Mm. Let's find out shortly. But first, we'll thank some new and returning listeners, and then we'll go on and do a bit of weird news before we crack on with the main cut and thrust of today's topic. So, uh, start with uh, Niles in Missouri. Michigan. Michigan, sorry. Um, Calgary, Canada. Uh, Dumbarton, United Kingdom. Dallas, Texas. Uh, Ocala, Florida. Patterson, New Jersey. Oh, Tallinn, Estonia. Uh, Luca, Italy. Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam. Ball power to you. Bandor in Lamp- Bandor Lampung in Indonesia. Milo in the Netherlands. Mulheim in Germany. Dora, uh, AL, Alabama. Alabama. Boys in Indiana. ID. Idaho. Idaho. El Paso, Texas. 
Brisbane, Australia, Sydney, Australia, Benton, Arkansas, New Orleans, I saw there. Yeah. Guadalajara, Spain, Toronto, Canada, Shady Nasty, New York. Slipping down to fourth. <laughs> <laughs> Telford, United Kingdom, Portugalville, Missouri, and number one, from out of nowhere. Brussels? Brussels. Willkommen. <laughs> That's German, Mike. It's close enough. No, it's not. <laughs> I think they'd probably be quite offended by that. Oh, so. It's really welcome, I know. Well, you could have said bonjour. That's close. Oh, Bienvenue. Isn't that French? Bien, yes. Welcome. There you go. The Belgians are their own language. Well, it's close. Mix between French and German, they'll get there. <laughs> All right. I'll give them the French and the German. Sorry, Brussels. <laughs> okay. All right, let's go into some weird news. Let's get the boys' views on this week's weird news. Alright, this is this is fantastic. Priest recorded having group sex on altar of Pearl River Church, police say. Three arrested. Whoa. <laughs> right. Is it a group really if it's three? That's just a three it's, so group is four. This isn't just group sex. Right. This is more. More. Scandalous. Indeed. The lights inside St. Peter and Paul Roman Catholic Church in Pearl River run later than usual on September 30th, so a passerby stopped to take a closer look. Peering inside, the onlooker saw the small parish, the small parish's pastor, half naked, having sex with two women on the altar. According to court documents, the women were dressed in corsets and high-heeled boots. There were sex toys and stage lighting and a mobile phone as well as a separate camera and were mounted on tripods recording it all. Just yep. make your moves, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? This, this is the pastor, though. <laughs> should he be having di- moonlighting? Should he be having BDSM sex on the altar of his church while recording it? There's some kinky people out there, Ben. There is, and just because you're a vicar doesn't mean you can't enjoy a life a kink. <laughs> but and probably is this Catholicism? Yes. No I didn't promise. think they were allowed to. <laughs> oh, true. Yeah, if this is a Catholic church, he's not allowed to, is he? He can only fuck kids. <laughs> I mean, no one, allegedly. No, 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 the Pope's admitted it now, hasn't he? Has he? I thought he said that some bad stuff went on and they should try and move on from it. Oh, right, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He skimmed over it. He skimmed over it, he mentioned it. I can tell you that much. Well, at least he's coming out against capitalism. Have you seen that? Well, yeah, it's easy for him to say on sat on his golden throne in his snakehead throne room, swore behind his impregnable fucking fortress. Yeah, that's fine for him to say. Well, at least he's saying it. Well, it's a bit of a hypocrite, isn't he? I mean, that man's fucking gold on his dress alone would probably feed a family of 12 in Africa for fucking three months. Well, technically, he's not a capitalist, is he? He's like a feudalist. Oh, so he lives a life of, like, you know... He's, what, he's technically monarchy? Yeah. Bland porridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not eating bland porridge anymore, and he's having some fine Italian breakfast in his fucking 80-quid slippers. I saw that on Porn Stars. No way. Someone bought in a pair of a former Pope's slippers. <laughs> with an authentication certificate. 
There you go. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the eyewitness took a call and called the pill, took a video and called the pill of a police who arrived at the church and viewed that recording. And they were like, oh yeah, <laughs> I'm taking this home with me. <laughs> Why do the boys in the station see this? Literally a moneymaker. Oh yeah. <laughs> Officers then arrested the Reverend Travis Clark, pastor of St. Peter's and Paul since 2019, on obscenity charges. The Archdiocese of New Orleans announced the priest's arrest on October 1st, but would not give specifics about why he was arrested, nor the police. New details, however, have emerged in a court filings that, that paint a lurid picture of a priest recording himself engaged in sexual roleplay while desecrating a sacred place within the church. Pissing everywhere. <laughs> or pissing. Yeah. Public records additionally show that one of the women, Mindy Dixon, 41, is an adult film actor who works for hire as a dominatrix. See, it's all kosher. <laughs> On a social media account associated with Dixon, a September the 29th post said she was on her way to the new uh, to New Orleans to meet another dominatrix and defile a house of God. <laughs> oh yeah! Fucking metal. Dixon. As long as not doing it in Sunday church service. <laughs> <laughs> when she's going strapped to the crucifix. Yeah. Everyone comes in and she drops a curtain yeah. and the priest are ball gagged on a crucifix <laughs> naked. Bread of heaven. I'm <laughs> singing on it. Fucking going at it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh Father, who art in heaven? It's like, <laughs> 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 uh, man, uh, it was clearly visible from the streets. That's the best of it. Where, where is them? <laughs> it's, it's fucking too. He hasn't even closed the curtain. <laughs> So who, pe who was peeking then? Someone must have been peeking to. Uh... <laughs> I'd have been fucking peeking. I'd have got somebody well, else to join in. <laughs> Uh, the arrest marked the latest scandal to before the, before the Archdiocese of New Orleans after a different North Shore priest, the Reverend Pat Wattingy, reportedly disclosed on October 1st to Archbishop Gregory Iman that he had sexually abused a man oh. in 2013. Uh, he removed from the public ministry last week and added, added him to the Archdiocese list of clergy who the, charge, the church believes have been credible, acu credibly accused of molestation. Oh, and that just brought me down straight away. Sarah, so, nothing wrong with the dominatrix and the BDSM, but that shit obviously is fucking sick. Well, you know, the BDSM's all consent for a start, isn't it? Let's exactly. face it. And they're adults. They're adults, but I mean, I'm assuming there's laws against a. Certainly, church laws against a priest indulging in that on the altar of his church. Probably not the wisest thing he's no. ever done. <laughs> Imagine if God was watching you, he'd be like, <laughs> secretly he's going, oh yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> watching in a church. In all fairness, right, why didn't God step in at that point and go either uh, give me thumb up or thumb down? <laughs> or thumb in. Or thumb in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think even the dominate, I think even the doms would have to uh, submit to God, wouldn't they? But they're just defile. You know, they obviously non-believers, aren't they? How do you know? They could, they could be Christians. Mm. Just because they indulge in BDSM doesn't mean they're not Christians. They did say they wanted to file a church. Yeah. yeah. What was her name again? <laughs> Minnie, wasn't it? I've forgotten now. Mindy Dixon. Mindy. There you go, Mindy, Mindy Dixon. 
Yeah, she's pretty hot. She's like a hot goth dominatrix. Mm. And a buddy fucking knocked on the door and yeah. said, well, the chance of joining in were. Anyone switch? Moving <laughs> right. on before Ben gets a boner. Too late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Man caught filling hotel bathtub up with potatoes while wearing a bra and high on MDMA. Caught <laughs> <laughs> by who? The potato king. <laughs> the king of the potato people. Well, That's it. The staff that was someone dragging sacks of potatoes. <laughs> the oh, he's like piss holes in the snow, girding his tits off probably. I don't know. We need gas here for this. I've never done MDMA. When Judge Peter Henry asked James Johnson why he was filling a bath with potatoes, he replied, it felt the right thing to do at the time. <laughs> Johnson, 30, was caught by officers wearing a woman's bra over his shirt and carrying a bag of spuds <laughs> as he entered the travel lodge in Eastleigh. Officers searched his room and found in Aladdin's, Aladdin's cave of drugs, including ecstasy and other designer drugs similar to MDMA called 5-MAPB. That's not very catchy. Not really. And a psychedelic substance called 2CB. Yeah, so you have one potato down each bra. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it looks like a really nice old hotel as well. Oh, travel lodge, bless. Southampton Crown Court heard Johnson and two friends had decided to go on a one-night binge which ended up lasting five days. <laughs> <laughs> sort of fear and loathing shit, yeah. is, isn't it? <laughs> fear and loathing in Eastley. <laughs> I need to see that movie. You potatoes. And at the end he gets arrested <laughs> for carrying the potatoes up. <laughs> James Kellum, prosecuting, told the court hotel staff phoned the police after smelling cannabis in the room. Oh, you see that sloppy. That wouldn't happen in Vegas, would it? Nah, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, doesn't it? And apparently yeah. if you want to, you can get anything at all you want in Vegas. Anything. Well, he bought the drugs on the dark web for around 750 quid, but a drug expert found that the true value of the drugs was around 300. <laughs> you got ripped, mate. <laughs> As well as that to go to court and pay court fees. Yeah, he was charged with intent to supply drugs and pleaded guilty. I don't think he was looking to supply when they're on a five-day binge. Yeah. Judge said the case was odd and bizarre. (laughs) And sentenced Johnson to an 18-month community order with a requirement to carry a nine-month drug rehabilitation programme. Sting. Yeah. Still fun, I'd imagine. I wonder what day that was into the... Oh, it was five-day binge. I was on a fifth day, he got caught doing that. They've had a good time. I think it's a bit harsh. What's he done? Taking drugs in a hotel. No, it's It's his own body. He can do what he wants, can't he? Intent to supply, they're saying. It's It's intent to supply because of the value, isn't it? Yeah. I mean... mean, Maybe he had a... You know, you don't just buy one pill, do you buy 30... Yeah. <laughs> Do you mind? <laughs> <laughs> I imagine that's how it goes down. <laughs> Ten, right? You know. You've been watching, you watching Layer Cake too often, haven't you? I've got five million ease, that's five million quid, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just the money that's all it says. I mean,. Yeah, they know he's not selling it, but under the law, if you've got that much drugs on you, yeah. it's intent to sell. Yeah. He's got to prove it was all personal use. I mean, it's like, well, he's having a bit of fun, didn't he? 
cause anyone any harm, didn't do any no, damage. No, no, well, we don't know if they did any damage. Sweet potatoes in the bathtub. <laughs> well, they'd have left the. <laughs> they'd have left the. They'd have left the potatoes there. They could. The hotel could have reused them. You know, they wash them. The naked bodies. <laughs> Just wash them, soak them in some boil, boil them, skin them, and boil them. That'd be fine. That'd be fine. Just think it's a win for the. As long as they pay their room fit charges, it's a win for the hotel. They got a free bag of potatoes. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Everyone's a winner. Where did you get the bra from, though? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Presumably, he somewhere didn't... along the route on the five-day binge. Obviously, I presumably that was the first day he'd been wearing the bra over the top of his t-shirt. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, the hotel staff might have commented before that yeah. or noticed. Yeah. So did, he can't have gone out in it. Because they'd have said, you know, you're wearing a bra, right? Excuse me, sir. I'm assuming they went, they, they, they went oh. out on day one, didn't come back till day five to the hotel. That's what I'm assuming. No, 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 they did it all in the hotel room. Oh, did they? Yeah, yeah, they smoked weed in there. So on the fifth day, they finally called Maybe the police. Maybe all the staff were cool until, like, you know, the jobs may have come in on the <laughs> fifth day. Yeah, the boss came in on the Friday. <laughs> Free weed and potatoes in that room. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, that's it. And you can't tell no, me no. some of the staff didn't take a little bit before the police got there. And the, and, the, and the little line of potatoes, like, you know, taking them back to their room was a giveaway as well. Like, canceling ground. That's it, I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say. You read my mind. He's, he's like, I'm really fucked. I need to put these potatoes down for when I come back, for when I next leave the room. I'm going to find my way out. <laughs> No one will notice. <laughs> uh, Alright, what's the last one then? I think that's L I, I don't know where that is. This is the dark one, sorry. Right. L I man who slit throat after police chase was living with bodies of dead family. Oh dear. Right, okay. A Long Island man who slits the his throat after Suffolk County Police Chase had also killed his father and sister and had been living with the bodies for days, according to sources. Do you want the writing bigot? Less, please. I'm like, <laughs> this beer ain't helping out of it. Like, <laughs> not that we drink during this. No, 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 obviously mm-hmm. not. Okay, where are we? So Bill Farnham, 43, was still on parole after being released from a state prison last year on an attempted burglary case. He had five cases pending in, in Suffolk County where he crashed into a pole in East... Where? Patchogue. Patchogue. I hope the guys, I hope the pole's all right. <laughs> Poor chap. Or woman. Tuesday morning after being chased by the police. According to the court and prison record, he, he slit his throat before officers could approach the car. <sighs> oh. Yeah. Thanks, Ben. It's <laughs> a way to go, isn't it? Yeah. So when authorities went to notify his family of the apparent suicide, officers discovered the bodies of the of his dad and sister who may have been inside the home in Bellport for as long as 12 days, oh. the neighbours and sources have told. Oh. Do the quote. She had mentioned he was a little crazy, but in the same breath would say, I love him, <laughs> neighbour Nancy Ferrell said. They were quiet. You would you would see an ambulance action code. What? You see an ambulance action. 
once in a while. while. Um, I think it would be crazy inside, but not outside. He was in prison for most of the time, and I've been living here, but he came back last year, he added. Yeah. Oh, that's dark. But, dark. you know, crazy. <laughs> Just a bit. Well, you know, he's living with the bodies of his yeah. dead family for 12 days. I thought it was worth some weird news. How about the people that dig up their relatives every year? Yeah. And, and you know. Yeah, we've had, yeah, that's it. We've had that on a weird news mm -hmm. thing. He's yeah. like, they pose them and everything, but cigs are cigs in their mouth. Yeah, sunglasses. Rotting man, it's like. Yeah, but it's even darker when women have like a, a stillborn and, and they bury it and then they dig it up again a year later and she's cradling it like a, you know, like, oh, oh, Ben. I'm just saying, I was, in the, I was in the picture, man. It was in the pictures. Well, you know, this man's obviously not in the right frame of mind anyway, so, no. you know, he's, he, he's probably sitting there like the American psycho. Yeah. <laughs> Did he kill him? Yeah, he killed him. Mm. Well, they think he's only killed him anyway. Yeah. He's been living with their corpses for 12 days. Let's assume he did. Yeah, poor bloke, man. He's gone fucking insane. Claire, you're a mental health professional. <laughs> what would you say your verdict is on this man? Uh, what, would you, what would you officially classify him as? He's had an episode. Right. <laughs> is that the technical term? He's had an episode? Yeah, possibly a schizophrenic episode where, it, like, you know, he's not in touch with reality. His his brain could be, you know, just in a really paranoid state. He could be hearing voices. Voices can be really horrible and nasty and tell you nasty things. Yeah, he's told well. some horrible stories about that. Yeah, when I've been working with with people in the mm. past, one the, the voices are outside your head, and um, yeah, one one guy I was working with said that the voice was telling him he was a paedophile. <laughs> so you, you've got to, you know, from a psychological point of view, you've got to ask whether it's, you know, something inherent and deep within them that they're trying to suppress, or are they having, you know, an episode where they can't control it? Uh. Back to drinking. Back to drinking. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's got a mothman. Right, if you are suffering from anything from the, the last subject we were talking about, it's Mental Health Day week, isn't it? Mental so, health day. Mental health day. Please uh, talk to people, get in touch with anybody. Yep. That's our charitable bit. That's our. Always yeah. seek help, yeah. Yeah, we'll seek help. Remember that mental health is not your fault, but it is your responsibility. No. You won't know it's your it's responsibility a you, to a certain extent. Just talk to people. You know. It's no measure of health to be well adjusted to profoundly sick society. Oh, shut up, Niles, boy. What's <laughs> that mean? He's yeah. Everything's terrible. <laughs> Did you do Krishnam Krishnamurti, is it, or something? What? I don't know, anyway, some philosopher said it. Christian okay. Murthy? Not the fucking Channel 4 news presenter, Christian Guru, Christian... <laughs> Christian Murphy, whatever his name is. Alright, oh, I don't Christian know Christian Guru Murphy. I don't know who it is. Yeah, I know him. The philosopher. Alright, oh, anyway, let's... Um, Let's talk about Mothman. Let's go for it. Uh, so, on November 12th, 1966, in Clendon, in West Virginia, a grave digger working a cemetery spotted something strange. He spotted a big fucking black thing with wings <laughs> and red eyes. It's terrifying. He glanced from his work as something huge soared above his head, a massive figure that was moving rapidly across the cemetery from tree to tree. He would later describe the figure as a brown human being. 
That was the first reported sighting of what will come to be known as the Mothman, an elusive creature that, although now widely celebrated by the town it once terrorised, remains as mysterious as it was on the night that a few frightened witnesses first laid eyes on it. They were terrorised, they're like, really? By brown and black things, this isn't like a white supremacist thing, is it, man? <laughs> <laughs> No. Well, at least I hope not. <laughs> Why do all the terrorisers get all the fame? <laughs> <laughs> so, just three days after the gravedigger's initial report in nearby Point Pleasant, West Virginia, two couples noticed a grey-winged creature about six or seven feet tall standing in front of the car they were all sitting in. Eyewitnesses Roger Scarberry and Steve Mallett told the local paper, the Point Pleasant Register, that the beast had bright red eyes about six inches apart, a wingspan of ten feet, and that it seemed to want to avoid the bright headlights of the car. Because he's got glowing fucking red eyes. It's a gremlin. <laughs> a six to seven feet tall. Mutated one. It's one of those big bats, isn't it? What? Six to seven feet tall with a wingspan of ten feet? Bright red eyes? <laughs> According to witnesses, the creature was able to fly at incredible speeds, perhaps as fast as 100 miles per hour. One of the men told reporters, although all agreed that he was a clumsy runner on the ground. They knew because the creature allegedly chased their moving vehicle to the outskirts of town in the air and then scuttled into a nearby field and disappeared. I'm imagining a beast that like runs like it's shattered. So. <laughs> <laughs> He's scuttling around. <laughs> Legs apart. Oh, 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 oh. I wish I could fly this low to the ground. <laughs> Knowing how absurd this must have sounded to a local paper in a small Alapatian community in the 1960s, Scarberry insisted that the apparition couldn't have been a figment of his imagination. He assured the paper, if I had seen it by myself, I wouldn't have said anything, but there were four of us who saw it. Saw it. Mm. Interesting. That's a, a statue of Mothman there is in, in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. You can go and Google that image. Looks fucking terrifying to me. Doesn't it? Yeah. I should point out that this is a cryptid creature, or possibly interdimensional, and not the member of the original Watchmen team who got lost in his superhero persona and was committed to a mental asylum. I feel like I need to point that out to any comic book listeners. Okay? <laughs> I don't I'll, understand I'll like, what you're on about, but yeah. I like Watchmen. It's good. <laughs> it's a bit yeah. reptilian looking face, isn't it? Mm, it is. And he's got more sort of bat wings with holes in, but you know, I don't like it either way. Maybe it's one of the insectoids that Randy Kramer's fighting on Mars. Oh, maybe. Maybe they come to Earth. The papers at this point were sceptically calling it a bird and a mysterious creature, though they did print Manet's description, it was like a man with wings. But more and more sightings were reported in the Point Pleasant area over the next year as the legend of the Mothman took shape. The Gettysburg Times reported eight additional sightings in the short span of three days after the first claims including two volunteer firefighters who supposedly saw what they described as a very large bird with red large red eyes. This could be a vulture. They've got vultures in the US, haven't they? They have. Not seven foot vultures. Seven foot vultures, Mike. <laughs> With ten foot wingspans. Ten foot wingspans. Red eyes right. like the devil. Exactly. They've got quite big wingspans, haven't they? I don't know, ten foot. Maybe they're exaggerating a bit, maybe it's six feet. Well, I don't know. When you're scared, everything's a bit exaggerated, mm. isn't it? Of course it is. <laughs> That's why people say I've got such a big penis. 
<laughs> because of the implication. <laughs> they flamed out the shop. <laughs> no, they just that frightened. <laughs> so, Newell Partridge, a resident of Salem, West Virginia, reported strange patterns that appeared on his television screen one evening, followed by a mysterious sound just outside of his home. See, shining a flashlight towards the direction of the noise, Partridge supposedly witnessed two red eyes resembling bicycle reflectors looking back at him. Was it in a pear tree? <laughs> Sorry, it's awful. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take the King of Puns crown off if you carry on like that. You get two strikes. You lose one of them. <laughs> this anecdote remains a popular one in the Mothman myth mythos. Well, I'll try saying that. Especially because it allegedly resulted in the disappearance of Partridge's dog. Some believed this day that the fearsome beast took his beloved pet. <laughs> What if it took the dog? I think that's terrible. It's tragic. I was watching a nature thing recently. It's going about leopards in India yeah. encroaching into people's houses because they're building more and more into the wild, into aren't the they? Space, yeah. The leopards are going in and stealing like pigs and stuff from local farms. Yeah. That's only, fine, okay. Yeah, but not only that, they show you one video. This leopard just walking in this house calmly. Yeah, you hear a dog bark. And then you hear it whine, and then you just see the leopard carrying a dead dog at the fucking... Oh, fuck me. That could quite easily be a baby, couldn't yeah. it? Yeah. Fucking frightening as fuck, man. How big's the dog? I don't know, it's just a medium-sized dog. Wow. It's a leopard. Well, it's yeah. not a chance, did it? No. At least it had a go, eh? Mm. Leopards take down cattle. I know more, you know, they, they take down huge beasts. Yeah. Dog doesn't have a chance. But don't cows in India just roam around? They just go and wander down the streets, don't they? Especially if they belong to somebody, though, don't they? Although the leopards hunt at night, so maybe they're... Well, they need to find where the cows sleep, don't they? <laughs> or maybe they're taking cows. Maybe cows are a bit big for it, I don't know. Anyway, let's go down. Maybe there's a simple explanation for the Mothman myth. Dr Robert L Smith, Associate Professor of Wildlife Biology at West Virginia University. That's a title and a half, isn't it? Yeah. Dismissed the, the notion that a flying monster was staking out the town. Instead, he attributed the sightings to a sandhill crane, which stands almost as tall as the average adult man and has bright red flesh around its eyes. The explanation was compelling, especially given the number of early reports that described the creature as bird-like. Some even hypothesised, there we go, the crane was perhaps deformed. Especially if it made its home in the, uh, quote, TNT area, which locals call a series of nearby bunkers that were reused for manufacturing munitions during World War II. It has been suggested that the bunkers have leaked toxic materials into the neighbouring wildlife preserve, possibly affecting nearby animals. Oh, how fucking metal! <laughs> fucking cr massive cranes produced by... Do you reckon they're like he's like a superhero or a villain? Well, villain maybe. Just one of them. Just one. Mutated it. Always just one, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> apart from Bigfoot, there's loads of him. Hmm. Well, I love Bigfoot anyway. Like Bigfoot? No, not really. <laughs> well, fuck the both of you. I like him. 
So another point Pleasant Legend states that the creation of the Mothman was nothing more than the work of one very committed prankster who went so far as to hide in the abandoned World War II munitions plant where many of the sightings occurred. Uh, very committed prankster. <laughs> Living in toxic waste to find people. I'll get them. Maybe he mutated. Yeah. I mean, he is living in toxic waste. Mm. The theory goes that when the national press ran with the Mothman story, so it's just the national press, this, you know, spreading it across the country, panic set in. Locals became convinced they were seeing the Mothman in birds and other large animals, even long after the prankster had given up on the joke. The Mothman also bears a striking resemblance to several demon archetypes found among those who have experienced sleep paralysis. Perhaps suggesting the visions are nothing more than the embodiment of typical human fears oh, pulled from the depths of the unconscious oh and grafted onto real-life bird or animal sightings <laughs> when people panic. <laughs> it's a fear monster! That's all we need. 2020, a fucking nightmares come true. <laughs> Be the rapture, isn't it, for the end of the year? Oh. So you're going to be sat here broadcasting through the apocalypse and you're going to have to fight demons off periodically. Man, did you just fucking make that demon from your nightmares come true. <laughs> I was trying not to think of anything. <laughs> There's a steam push marshmallow man appears inside. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> that was me. Yeah, I used to roast, I used to roast steam push marshmallows on the, on the fires of Capricorn. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something less harmless. Have you watched that? Do you ever think that it'll just be like this, going, ah, <laughs> waiting for the blown up marshmallow <laughs> to eat it? <laughs> oh, God damn, I love Ghostbusters. Then there are the paranormal explanations, uh, a morass of complicated theories that weave together aliens, UFOs, and precognition. They paint the Mothman either as a harbinger of doom or, more sinisterly, its cause, which we'll get to shortly. Mm. A legend that has its roots in the tragedy that befell the Point Pleasant community shortly after the Mothman arrived. The Silver Bridge Collapse. This was in the film. The Mothman Prophecies. Ah, uh, yes, you watched that movie the other did. night, didn't you? So, tell us a little bit about that. Well, What would you think of it? Well, it was alright. Wasn't really much of a film. It's a bit slow, a bit long to be fair. It was like two hours long. I thought we should have been. Do you think I'd there. make it to the end? Like, I don't, I don't know. Do you like sort of a slow-paced thriller? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> psychological horror slash thriller. I don't know. I've got a you know, you know my snooze factor. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not then. <laughs> it wasn't great. It's, it's got a six point four IMDb. So it's about right. Richard Gears in it. If you find him appealing. Yeah, <laughs> could be better. Yeah. Give him a C plus. Give him a try harder. <laughs> the bridge scene was pretty good, I suppose. Was it? Yeah, okay. So on December fifteenth, nineteen sixty-seven, just over a year after the first Mothman sighting, traffic was especially bad. The Silver Bridge, built in nineteen twenty-eight to connect Point Pleasant, West Virginia, to Galopolis, Ohio, was packed with cars. Sadly, it had been built at a time when cars were a lot lighter. The Model T weighed about 1,500 pounds, a modest sum when compared to the 1967 average for a car, which was 4,000 pounds. Especially in America, their cars are massive. They're yeah, huge, aren't they? but I do love American classic cars. 
Especially 67. Oh, that's the first Mustang. Oh, yeah. 67 oh, Mustangs. Steve McQueen. Doing they a chip. Do, yeah. They are beautiful, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I do like uh, Kemp's Customs on, on the History Channel where he, in Las Vegas where people say, I want a 67 Mustang, but I want it, like, the body like done nicely. I want this artwork on it, blah, blah, blah. And then it's about, they just put a modern engine in it, modern power steering, make it look the fucking bollocks. It's amazing. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, yeah, that's 30 grand, by the way. <laughs> Fuck, how much are these people going to spend? My, my niece is named after a Mustang, the Mustang Shelby. Mm. Ah. My brother's that into cars. <laughs> Funny enough, we watched that film in the night. The uh, GT40 and the Shelby and the Le Mans film. It was pretty good, actually. Good. I quite enjoyed it. Classy car. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. We're getting distracted. That's one for you car oh, fans. Car fans. Because if you don't like cars, you just turned off. <laughs> <laughs> um, the British engineers hadn't been particularly imaginative when it came to the future, nor had they been especially cautious. The bridge's design featured very little redundancy, meaning that if one part failed, there was almost nothing in place to prevent the other parts from failing oh, as well. Fuck. And on that cold December day, that was exactly what happened. Without warning, a single I-bar near the top of the bridge on the Ohio side cracked. The chain snapped and the bridge, its careful equilibrium disturbed, fell to pieces plunging cars and pedestrians into the icy water of the Ohio River below. 46 people died, either by drowning or being crushed by the wreckage, and that must be a fucking horrible way to go. That bridge that you've put all your faith in, every journey you've took over it, which is probably a lot, all of a sudden one day, just fucking goes from underneath you. Jesus. Sounds like the wood bridge down the road. (laughs) In the film... 36 people died. Well, well it's 46. Unless 10 died after. Maybe. Maybe, I don't know. It was the second terrible and bizarre thing to put the small community of Point Pleasant on the, on the map in a year, and some connected the two. In 1975, author John Keel conflated the Mothman sightings and the bridge disaster, as well as reported UFO activity, to create his book, The Mothman Prophecies. Hence the film. Mm-hmm. His story took hold and the term became iconic among conspiracy theorists, UFOologists, or ufologists if you prefer, and fans of the paranormal. So, mm. in a so, way, it's a bit like Loch Ness, because if they've got this thing and they're like, hmm, we could, you know, must be a massive boost to the local economy, mm. morbid as it is, but to the point where they have a Mothman parade now every year, and they've got a statue of them in the town. Is it best thing that happened to the town in a way, isn't it? What? What's that? So 48 people are <clears throat> dead? 46 people. Oh, 46. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying, <laughs> their local economy must be booming. And did anyone see the Mothman? Yes, the they time? did. He'd been sighted. This is where the sightings took place yeah, around I this mean, area. Exact time of the bridge collapsed because I got a feeling that the book coming out after put that image into people's minds. Yeah. Well, people say they did see him around the bridge area, but who can say? I mean, it's, it's eyewitness testimony. Yeah, I'm going with the faulty bridge myself, but... This is where I come to now. Point Pleasant's fame as, as, as the home of the Mothman legend hasn't waned. It, you know, you got the 2002 movie, obviously Richard Gere's in it, big things. All right, so let's go through the, some of the most uh, apparently credible Mothman sightings. 
Um, a trucker reportedly spied the Mothman at O'Hare International Airport in Chicago, where they had a UFO sighting. A massive UFO sighting. See one of our episodes. Yeah. A truck driver stopped at O'Hare International Airport on November 26, 2019, claimed he spotted a person with wings around seven feet tall standing by a fence while he took a smoke break at about 6.30pm. He reported his sighting to the UFO Clearinghouse, an online source for odd encounters that describes itself as a portal for the truth. <laughs> According to the investigator truck report, the truck driver said the creature had a wingspan of approximately six feet and looked like a demon or a goblin and was a solid black. The witness himself believed he was in the presence of a demon. Wow. Like you're smoking crack. <laughs> he was screech and made a, he made a loud screeching noise before flying off into the surrounding forest. Similarly to the experience of those who claimed to have encountered the Mothman. Would shit you up though, wouldn't it? Fucking wood. <laughs> See his big fucking how big is it? Six feet? Six, six foot six, tall. Six seven feet. Oh tall. seven feet tall with a six foot wingspan. Shrieks at you and then fucks off. Glowing red eyes. Look like a demon. Obviously, there's more than tobacco in that smoke. In that smoke <laughs> Maybe it was a Jeffrey. Yeah. <laughs> right, we had the obviously the Point Pleasant bridge collapse. Um, we've gone through the couple being chased, and but apparently he's been sighted in Germany. Oh. Right, where he saved the allegedly saved the lives of miners in Freiburg. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. On September 10th, 1978, a group of miners in Freiburg, Germany, came face to face with a seemingly headless creature with glowing red eyes on its chest blocking the mine's entrance. At first they thought it was a man in a trench coat, but then they quickly realised it was not a coat, but unfilled large black wings. The men remained in the mine entrance, stunned and staring at the creature, until it let out a blood-curdling screech that sent the miners scrambling out. About an hour later, the men felt a seismic rubble and witnessed a plume of dust shoot from the mine as it collapsed. Just if, farted. <laughs> if the men had gone to their stations in the mine as usual, the majority of them would have died. It appeared as though the what they dubbed the Freiburg Shrieker saved their lives. The Freiburg Shrieker. That might be some kind of porn name. <laughs> <laughs> they call me the Freiburg Shrieker. You can put an accent on that as well. Mm. The Freiburg Shrieker. <laughs> they call me the Freiburg Shrieker. That's Dutch, but you know. Like Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. Uh, Freiburg Shrieker. <laughs> Never ask Sean Connery to sit on, to, uh, sit on your face. <laughs> <laughs> Right, okay. Uh, now, let's go to the next one. Uh, the Mothman may have tried to warn people of the Fukushima disaster. Well, fuck me. Mark Pules, an American visitor in Japan, was out with a friend near the Fukushima plant when they suddenly heard a loud whooshing sound and a terrible screeching. As they looked back towards the plant, they saw a figure that Pules described as large and black. From the distance I was at, it looked to be sitting on top of one of the large shaped square buildings. It sat there for about five minutes, then unfilled a large set of what I could only describe as large black wings. The creature took flight, circling the plant a few times before coming closer to them. Quote, That's when I noticed the two large red eyes. They seemed to glow from within with a blood red hue. They were unblinking in the three to four seconds we saw them. We knew they were looking straight at us. We knew this creature knew we could see it. 
and it made no attempt to disguise itself. So it just turns up at like disaster areas or potential disaster areas, shrieks, and then fucks off. And circles about a bit and then fucks off. Terrifies some people, you know. Gules describes an immense feeling of dread that washed over him and the creature vanished as quickly as it had appeared. It wasn't until Pures was back home in America hearing the news on CNN about the devastation of the Japanese earthquake and the explosions of the very same nuclear power plant where he witnessed the creature that he realised he may have seen the infamous harbinger of disaster known as the Mothman. Dun, dun, dun. Or was he warning everybody? He's like, look, some shit's going to go down. That's his screech. That's what it translate to, like, well, would translate to in human. Like, that screech is like, some shit's going to go down. You've got to get everyone out of here. Could be saying, fuck you, humans. Well, he could be, but I like to think he's a benevolent mothman. <laughs> do you think he's some sort of interdimensional creature that's coming to warn us of things, or do you think he lives on the planet and can foresee these things? Yeah. Is he an alien that's got time travel? Is it the one causing these things? You know, oh, just trust you and jump on the fucking anti-Mothman bandwagon, you racist. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't appear anywhere. Anything, you mothist. Anything nice is happening, does it? He's trying to warn people, man. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe he's causing it. The Mothman was apparently hanging around the Twin Towers the week of the 9-11 attacks. Wasn't he? Was he just? Yeah. During the days leading up to the terrorist attacks on September the 11th, 2001, several people reported sightings of a black twin creature flying near the Twin Towers. During the attack, as the second plane hit, eyewitnesses reported a creature flying parallel to the plane. So we've got film footage of both the planes hitting the towers, haven't we? Is that right? Allegedly true footage of planes hitting the towers, right? No one decided to slap a picture of a big winged creature flying out <laughs> above. Maybe it was on the other side of the camera. Uh, but people have got, got cameras here. Yeah. himself outside the window, they can't get the big beast. Maybe he was sat on the wing. It's <laughs> going along the road. Yeah! <laughs> Shouting to everyone, get the fuck out! <laughs> Trying to hold back the plane. <laughs> <laughs> maybe then anyway then in the days that followed those reporting the creature were allegedly approached by quote men in black quote end quote see our episode on men in black and warn them to stop talking about what they saw were the MIBs involved mm. yeah had that conversation go then knock on the door yeah, I believe you saw a mothman <laughs> 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 you didn't. <laughs> That's the cover. I did see one though. There's a, a big black wing thing flying around the plane. No, sir. You saw nothing. And your family will live. <laughs> you know what happened to Barney Hill, don't you? Just saying. So apparently, also, the Mothman is allegedly connected to the Chernobyl disaster. See our Chernobyl episode. <laughs> The Mothman is believed to have been around for the worst nuclear accident in history. Throughout 1985, many scientists and other workers at the nuclear plant in Chernobyl, Ukraine, claimed to see a huge black bird-like creature with the body of a man flying around the plant. Those who saw the red-eyed beast also reported a series of strange harassing phone calls. A Mothman. <laughs> Don't go to work tomorrow. 
explosion. <laughs> I'm Mothman. <laughs> Who the fuck's this? Oh, he just screeched his damn phone at him. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I don't speak more. <laughs> bloody Mothman. <laughs> Learn the bloody language of your country. Don't believe you get an Indian call centre in it. <laughs> oh, for God's sake, really? Mothman call centre. <laughs> Did you bobs and vaggy? Rassing phone calls. <laughs> and a string of nightmares <laughs> leading up to the disaster explosion in April 1986. On April 26th, the day of the accident, several people saw the huge black bird actually flying around the smoke after the explosion. Even those in the nearby town of Pripyat claimed to have seen the strange creature that became known as the Blackbird of Chernobyl in the days leading up to the disaster. Pripyat was also affected and later evacuated because of the harmful radiation and no one's ever been back there since. Unless you're a tour. I say David Attenborough's been there. Oh yeah, sorry, you can go there but only for like half an hour, 45 minutes tops or something like that, isn't it? Check our episode for the facts. I was quite factual on that one. Uh, Mothman might have appeared at the site of the I-35 West bridge collapse. Uh, spotted again, the bridge, and yet another bridge collapse in 2007. See, these bridges just weren't built for cars and Mothman at once, you see. He's landing on the bridge. <laughs> he's, he's car surfing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, the bridge. You can't take the strain. <laughs> So the Minneapolis Bridge was open for traffic in 1967, the same year the Silver Bridge collapsed. Then on August 1st, 2007, after a month of Mothman sightings, the I-35 West Bridge collapsed during rush hour, taking the lives of 13 people with it and injuring 145 more. Reports of the Mothman began trickling in on June 27th, 2007, preceding the collapse by a mere month. Many claimed to see the humanoid creature flapping its massive wings in the surrounding area and at the bridge itself. An Illinois woman witnessed the creepy cryptid while driving just outside of Stewartville, Minneapolis on June 27, 2007 and called paranormal radio show host George Norrie on Coast to Coast AM. Well, when you're on Coast to Coast AM, you've made the big time. You have. I'd love to be on Coast to Coast. If you're listening, George, or anyone would like to recommend me. Oh, Get, get out of this dump. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, that'd be a great thing for all of us. <laughs> and describe the creature as having a huge wing about the width of a Ford. Well, Ben, you have to come up with something as ridiculous as this. You know, make up some shit and you'll be on there, no problem, wouldn't you? <laughs> no, so you're not, you're not down for anyone down for Mothman? It's like a dog. Yeah, we mentioned that one oh, earlier. Yeah. He gets about a bit, doesn't he? He does, he's a busy guy. <laughs> And Does he I'm... fly across, you know, <laughs> from continent to continent? Maybe. With his premonitions. <laughs> Shit, there's going to be a bridge collapse. I'm going to go over there a month early and warn everybody. And he's just like flapping about going, trying to screech at him. going. Superman fast. Yeah, yeah, well, maybe. I don't know. Maybe he interdimensionally travels. Mm. 
Maybe he's got a UFO. There's usually an increase in UFO sightings around the same time as Mothman. But didn't some of these sightings come in after the event? Before and during. So an eyewitness in Wisconsin says a Mothman attacked his car. In September 2006 at the Cross, Wisconsin, a Wohai, I don't even know how to say that. That doesn't sound like our Mothman, does it? No, it doesn't. Wohai. Attacking cars. Yeah, it doesn't sound like him. No. This guy's a, a Cherokee man. So Cherokee. He's a Cherokee, sorry, Cherokie. yeah. And his son were driving down an isolated stretch of road at night when a Mothman attacked them. In, a, in an interview on Monster Quest, he shared his encounter. Can anyone... Owl Hallie, I guess, uh, told her the creature flew alongside them and then directly in front of their windshield, close enough to touch. They got a really good look at it, describing it as bat and fleshy, with sparse hair and red eyes the size of road reflectors. He described the monster's high-pitched screech that gave them vertigo and made them sick to their stomachs. The man's son pulled over and threw up on the side of the road. After returning to the location a few days later, in the daytime, all they found behind was a deer carcass, as they later blamed on a poacher. Now, I think Mothman was saving them from hitting the deer. Mm, interesting theory. Maybe. And then he thought, well, that deer was going to die anyway. Or the guy was Mothman's going to feast. Or there was a poacher. Or he was drunk. He's making all thing up. Well, he's <laughs> a man and his son. Are you saying that Native American men are always drunk? <laughs> not, not specifically, no, but in this, this instance I am. It's possible. Well, okay. Mothman sightings are correlated with the swine flu outbreak in Mexico. Moth flu? Moth flu? Moth aids? <laughs> you don't want moth aids. Some believe the large, re hairy, red eyed creature, the people of La Wunta. La Wunta? La Junta, La Wunta, I don't know. Uh, Mexico began to see stalking the area in 2009 was the legendary Mothman. There were sightings occurred around the time leading up to the 2009 swine flu outbreak in Mexico. Two witnesses, Angela Menendez and Viviana Ledzema, experienced pure terror as they heard the creature screechings emanating out from an apple orchard near Minacha Cemetery. A student who requested to remain anonymous reported the Mothman chasing him for 15 minutes <laughs> on the night of March 6th, 2009. Despite the bet's efforts of local authorities to hunt down the entity, no traces of it were found. I wouldn't last 15 minutes being chased by a Mothman. What the? I just turned around. Just punch it. You just punch it in the fucking uh, in its faceless head. Yeah. Well, it's headless body. Hello, beastie. Yeah, <laughs> that's the that is the perfect opportunity to say that. Yeah. Hello, beastie. Love it. I, yes. And you grab a stick yeah. and go for it. Try and stab it in one of them red eyes. <laughs> if I'm going down, you're coming down with me, Mothman. <laughs> Just snap you like a twig. <laughs> no, I jab it in the eye. <laughs> Grab a can out one of the bins and tear it and slash its throat. Have they got throats, Moths? Oh, yeah. Oh, go, for the, go for the thorax with the, with the edge of a ragged Budweiser can. Come on. Sorry, actually, this is Mansley. A ragged white lightning cider can. Oh. 
So I think this is the last one actually. The Mothman may have signaled the deadly Jante Dam disaster. So this actually predates all of them. Oh. A region in southeastern China was plagued with sightings of a figure that resembled the Mothman in early January 1926. Dubbed by locals as the Man Dragon, a shadowy, ominous figure was seen hovering above the Jianti Dam. Then disaster hit the surrounding farming villages in the form of 40 billion gallons of water. The dam collapsed, resulting in the deaths of 15,000 people. Oops. <laughs> well, 15,000 people are dead, Mike, is that even to say? <laughs> Trying to warn you about this, but... He was a dragon over there, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> the Chinese love a dragon. They do. They do love there. a dragon. So, all right, there's the they sightings. Can't there's draw the sight- Mothmen. <laughs> they draw the dragons. <laughs> mm-hmm. there, there's the sightings. There's the background. Let's All right, let's start with... Is he benevolent protector? Harbinger of doom. Well, I think we should start with whether it exists or not. No, no, let's go. Definitely on the side that it doesn't exist. Therefore, I can't really answer your questions. Hypothetically, answer my question. All right. Well, then, what was it? Is he benevolent protector, the hero that we need but don't deserve, or is he harbinger of doom, possibly doing this himself? Or is he slightly clumsy? (laughs) Or slightly clumsy. Okay. Knocking down bridges and dams. I think he's a protector. No. Oh. You know, theoretical so park. He's like I don't think he's doing a very good job, I've got to say. <laughs> no, no, but just think of how many could have died. <laughs> yeah. They did die. <laughs> 30,000 could have died. Wow. I'm not buying it. No. <laughs> I'm not buying any of this shit. It's fucking madness. <laughs> fucking moth, man. <laughs> You were doing for Bigfoot. Mothman. I never heard of Bigfoot. Screwing some of the screws on all the bridges. Maybe possibly a slight tiny percent because we did have 10 feet creatures called the um, Gigantopithecus. Gigantopithecus. That's it. Which is like a giant monkey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they've existed in the past. Yeah. I think they're bare like But a seven foot moth. How do you know? What's the difference? What if there was a seven foot moth? Well, who knows, but I don't think it was that big. I, I, th- I do know what I do know. It is the uh, Star Trek have totally ripped this off in, um, what's the, the most recent one? Oh, I have no idea. Discovery. Discovery, that's yeah, it. Yeah, they had like sort of some sort of mothy angel type light up thing, like showing doom. There you go. That they've totally ripped this off. If Star Trek, if Star Trek says it, <laughs> uh, <laughs> must be true. Must be. I'm just saying. That. Well, you don't think it's real? No, I don't think it's real. What if it's an alien? What if it's an interdimensional being? What if it's us from the future? And we had to splice our DNA with moths. That's what was happening on Star Trek. It was somebody from the future coming back and just like, you know, trying to sort of say something's going to be bad. What if it's just mental people spacing shit? (laughs) (laughs) That's what they thought at first on Star Trek. (laughs) Well, there's a lot of sightings though. You know, it's strange that there's always these big black wing things in the sky just before major shit kicks off. Like I said, there's no evidence, there's no photos, nothing. There's been photos. Has there? Yeah. Just pause and I'll show you a photo. Alright, I'm going to see this. I'm going to mock the fairies, I think. Okay, so that was, we just viewed the photo, you can Google that for yourself. Uh, It's the most recent one. 
Cryptomundo.com has it up. So type in Google uh, Mothman Pictures and Cryptomundo.com forward slash WP hyphen content no, forward slash yeah whatever you'll find it. And they're about as good as Ben's fairies from Mothman. Yeah, I didn't say that they were real. I just pointed. The fairy people. The fairy people. We'll do an episode on the fae. I'll convince you all. <laughs> Not fly very that. gracefully in this picture, is he, Claire? Well, he's, he's gliding, he's gliding, he's fucking. It's a bird. Nah. Blurry black and white photo, nah, ain't good enough. Might be a crane. <laughs> like a bird crane. I'm going for bollocks on this one. Oh, well, I go for. I think he's the benevolent protector of humanity. He's trying to warn us, we can't speak our language. From the future or alien, what are you going with? I, I think he might be from the future. Hmm. Maybe, maybe. No, no. no. Alright, let's, let's cut it. It's bullshit, isn't it? But it's quite entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> well, probably bullshit. I mean, who knows? You know, I'm on the oh. fence. I, you know, you know me. I, I love a cryptid and I love an alien. The way 2020 is going, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, the screeching. The screeching. I mean, well, I mean, I'd imagine that. That sounds very bird-like, and mm. looking at that picture, it's more than bird-like. You know. I think they're big vultures. It's a bit birdy, isn't it? Yeah. I, I go with the crane, but I also like the theory that the cranes are mutated because of the toxic waste <laughs> yeah. in the area. I love that. So I'm, I want to go for mutant crane. Maybe the fact that it's mutant and toxic might make stuff go wrong. Maybe, maybe it's so toxic that it causes disease and disasters to happen. Who knows? Mm. Maybe it's mutant. have happened. Like <laughs> Nazi becoming Pope. Indeed. <laughs> Well, like, like two Natchez becoming Pope. The one during the war wasn't very good either. <laughs> he was oddly quiet on the Holocaust. Yeah, strange, isn't it? Yeah. So then, uh, Mothman. Uh, no one's down for it then. I'm going to sit on the fence. Fuck it. I'm on the fence. I think it could be true. All right, let's go to weird news then. Let's get the boys' views on this week's weird news. Penguin, feeling under the weather, binge watches Pingu to cheer himself up. Wow. Aww. That's that's heartwarming. That's the last weird news episode. Wow. Last week one, last weird news uh, article. Wow. A zoo have shared a look at the hilarious way a rockhopper penguin has been keeping his spirits up during a stint of rehabilitation for feather molting problems. Oh, look at Aww. him. Oh, man, my heart is literally swelling. I love penguins. Pierre, an endangered northern rock of a penguin, hasn't been feeling tip-top lately. The brave little guy swam across oceans and was found washed up on a beach in Western Australia. He's since been experiencing some feather melting problems, meaning he's not waterproof and can't return to the wild yet. So he's been spending some time in Perth Zoo's vet department. Staff at the zoo soon realised that being away from other penguins during this time was proving difficult for Pierre and he was rather lonely. Oh, oh that is fucking adorable. Oh, hey, mate. We'll look that, is, you. that has touched <laughs> my blackened heart. Uh, finally, something gets through. Wow, Pierre the penguin. Pierre the, the penguin. penguin. Wow, I'm almost in tears. <laughs> so they came with a brewing way to lift his spirits while he was feeling under the weather, and it's a lot like hey, we, we would like to spend a sick day at home. To be honest, Pierre's in watching documentaries about rock hopper penguins as well as episodes of Pingu. Ah. <laughs> Oh, on an iPad, someone's holding it for him. That's amazing. 
Pierre is by himself in the vet department and does get a bit lonely at times and to make his life a bit more enriching we've decided to get other rock hoppers online for him to watch. As well as Pingu and the, and doc, the documentaries, the Penguin is also shown live streams of rock hoppers at Kansas City Zoo and in the US and at Edinburgh Zoo. Pierre's been really enjoying watching them and seeing them in their little habitats. Mm. Okay, next article. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for those of you interested, you can find out more at Pierre's time at the zoo on social media. Get to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me, I never thought I'd see it happen. It was a fucking lonely penguin that did it. Wow. It's terrific. Parrots removed from UK Wildlife Park after they started swearing at customers. No, that's more fucking <laughs> like it. <laughs> a group of parrots at the zoo had to be put back into isolation when they all started swearing at customers after coming out of quarantine. Nice. A bit like us, isn't it, really? <laughs> swearing at people. Oh, I fucking logged up for fucking eight months. Oh, I loved it. It was tremendous. I fucking loved it. Never have that again in my life. Made no difference to me. <laughs> oh no, you're a, you're a hermit anyway. But oh, I fucking loved it. I could go out once a day at the shop. I went out once a day at the shop, got some beer, sat in that third degree wave we were having in the summer, watch YouTube videos, watch movies, listen to podcasts, sat in the garden, getting some sun on. Oh, got drunk, got high. It was fucking for five months. Five fucking months with full pay. It was incredible. Only for you, I was pretending to be a teacher going, on. don't know how they manage with 30 kids. <laughs> <laughs> I was mad, I don't want it ever again. I want it in a lockdown. No, I loved the time with my children and it was, it was a blessing. <laughs> 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 parrots you say the five African grey parrots were adopted by Lincolnshire Wildlife Park on August the 15th and put in a room together but it appears they used their time in isolation teaching each other foul language which left park staff in hysterics but swift action had to be taken when they started using obscenities with guests Steve Nichols, CEO at the Friskney Park said the birds were put into a timeout but admitted over the last 25 years He's taken in many parrots that have sometimes had a bit of blue language. Yeah, so everyone's at home going, oh, fucking hell, and the yeah. parrot's just picking it up. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> it's at the Frisky Park as well. <laughs> oh, Frisky Park. Oh. <laughs> 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 it did say so. <laughs> 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 Nice ass, love. <laughs> oh, man, sexist parrots. That's what I'm coming to. <laughs> But they're owned by Bernard Manning. You know what? If they were owned by Bernard Manning, then yes. <laughs> yes, anybody. The patron of our show. Not anymore. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> Swearing parrots. Yep. Well, who'd have thunk it? Last one then, Claire. Okay. Man gets his own back on X by selling her fake Jimmy Choo handbag in Savage Advert. Whoa. So he put an advert, scamp. <laughs> advert online for his uh, ex-missus's uh, Jimmy, fake Jimmy Choo bag and the post read, selling my ex-girlfriend's fake Jimmy Choo handbag. It matched her persona quite well. Fake and leathery <laughs> with excessive tanning and a, a surgically enhanced chest. <laughs> Savage. He goes on to uh, say that at first glance they both looked like the real deal but once you 
looked closely it becomes quite apparent that there were traits that aren't that nice and bits aren't quite in the right place and there's a strange smell <laughs> <laughs> and in brackets he's put the girlfriend on the bag the, great, the bag smells great <laughs> so it goes on to brutally state that the bag is empty much like her soul oh fucking hell <laughs> adds that no matter how much uh, you wish it might be real there's nothing more cheap that, more than a cheap imitation <laughs> oh, mm. wow so everyone's been jumping on this uh, savage saying that brilliant there's plenty more real bags out there <laughs> <laughs> someone else replied that's the best thing i've read all week and this is on uh, twitter i believe Oh, someone wasn't impressed though. They told the seller stop buying a girl cheap gifts. What'd you expect? Yeah. Oh, harsh. How'd they know that he bought it for her? She, she come with her fake bag. Yeah, I think she come with her fake bag and left it there. Yeah. yeah. Cheap. Mm. Ah, so is, <laughs> is that in summary the end of the show? Can we do some uh, fucked up facts? We can. Okay. Have a jingle, please. Facts, facts, fucked up facts, 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 facts. Oh wow, that was really good. <laughs> you listen, uh, definitely get on X Factor. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing we can sing. <laughs> the average person walks past 11 murderers in their life. I can believe that. <laughs> I reckon I did that today. I won't remind Lee and Dolly. <laughs> I thought that seemed a bit crazy. Mike, I've personally encountered two. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Fuck me. Ben, they're attracted to you. I know. <laughs> literally two. I've, I've literally been... I was fairly good friends with one of them, one I barely... You didn't even notice they were murderers. Well, no, they only happened recently. But <laughs> I was... Murderers to be. They were murderers to be. You know, apparently the the other guy. I mean, I met him like two or three times briefly, but then he went on to be a murderer. And then you know, clearly Ben's got no psychic ability. <laughs> <laughs> the last one, I knew she was a bit nuts, but fucking hell, your murder dar's not working. <laughs> really not. It's really not. Hope she's not listening to this in jail. She mm. might be coming out and be like, Ben. I may have just fucked the trial, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they'll be listening. Yeah, probably not. Okay, move, better move yeah. on for legal reasons. <laughs> Humans glow in the dark. We're luminescent, are we? Apparently. Like glow bugs. Are we? They're concerned if people get knocked down <laughs> in the night. We like people off cocoon. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me, cocoon! <laughs> <laughs> Childhood movies. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was. Love that movie. Like, I want to jump in that pool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and when he gave his life force to help his wife, oh, that was oh. so sad. Oh. I think I might shed a tear at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, I was about ten. <laughs> I bet you. I bet you were upset when ET died, in it? Never liked ET. No. No. Not oh. like ET. He's a right cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Don't like ET. Do this fucking shit. <laughs> He looks like a scab eating German sausage. Yeah. yeah. How old are you when E.T. came about? About one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, I hadn't been born probably, yeah. 84, I, think. I was 84, so was it, I, I was one or less than. <laughs> I'd seen it when I was a kid, it was like my dad used to love it. My dad cried. <laughs> <laughs> Mine did too. And I just didn't really like it. Which is I weird because. Like, oh, the flower died. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Batteries not included used to get me. Oh, yeah. oh that's tragic. That movie's tragic. It used to get me as well. What? <laughs> <laughs> What, the old senile chick? I don't even remember it. I just... <laughs> the robotics. He loves the robotics, mm. doesn't he? Yeah, it's sad. It's tragic. Oh, that's it. It was a little... Flying thing? Yeah, yeah they're all little flying things oh, and they yeah. helped the people who lived in the block that was been sold by a heartless capitalist. Mm. It was a feel-good story, but, you know, it's sad. Okay, go on. Before I break down again. The world's smallest football league is the Isles of, Sissi of Silly Football League. Isles of Silly... Uh -huh. Oh, it was silly. Okay, is there two teams? There are. They play each other for the entire season. Wow, that must get boring quick. <laughs> where's the Isles of Scotland? I don't know. Off Scotland somewhere, I think. It's one of them ones that are right up past Scotland, I think. Is it pronounced silly or skinny? Hey, silly, yeah. Isles of silly, yeah. It's so small, you're playing your brother or something. <laughs> mm. Families have fallen out over it, haven't they? Because yeah. it's like, we've only played for the United. <laughs> and then there's other family, like, we've only ever played for FC, don't you dare transfer. How do you get the players up for each game? It's like, come on, lads, we've got our main rivals this week. <laughs> <laughs> the 18 teams walking around. <laughs> Let's get out there and twat them. We're drinking with them later on. <laughs> there's only one pub. <laughs> To the left back. <laughs> oh, and that caused some friction in the squads. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I bet there's actually, I bet there's no homosexuals in the Isle of Silly, to be fair. The Met, well, out and out, maybe. Apparently, there's no homosexuals in football, but. There's always one gay in the village. That's true, there's always one. There's no. Well, there's maybe two. One was it? Yeah. <laughs> It was a holding hands once at church on the Sunday where no one could see. <laughs> they all sparred from there. Then they were rolling in the hay together. Altar boys. Just no. think there's like footballers that haven't come out because they're scared to. In this day and age, it's got to be there's got to be gay footballers, isn't there? Oh yeah. Rugby Statistically. Players, rugby players. Yeah. There's, there's probably more rugby players coming out as gay than, yeah. than footballers. I think there has, yeah. Bears. <laughs> There's been a few actually, fairly recently. A few of them have come out and said, "Yeah, I'm gay. I play rugby. What of it?" Footballers. An Australian hotel has recently been forced to ban emus from their property after they learned to climb stairs. <laughs> wow. So they didn't know originally how to climb stairs. They do now. Yeah. <laughs> they just go up to some stairs and went face first. <laughs> After a while. Well, climbing stairs, you think about it. Tentative steps. It's, you know, to a wild emu. I mean, it's a learnt thing for everyone, isn't it? I mean, we learn as kids to do it. Dogs and cats learn to yeah, do emus it. Emus don't need to climb emus stairs. Emus don't need to climb wild. stairs, do they? Maybe step don't. away from consciousness, like, you know. Mm. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, attack. And, you know what? I'll learn how to open doors with fucked. <laughs> Australia once declared war on emus and lost. They did. Genuinely, yeah. The emu wars, yeah. yeah. The emu wars. Mike, pause it and Google it. Emu wars. I'll Google it later. <laughs> emu wars. I'm sure the, the Australians killed like 27,000 emus and admitted defeat. <laughs> yeah. I could, I could 
imagine the kangaroo wars. <laughs> They've got some feet on them. Oh, man, you've got some box. Yeah, they're fucking ace. I'm not sure I can, you know, educate me later. <laughs> <laughs> You're like this one, man. Humans have the largest penises of all primates. Yay! Male gorillas, for instance, have penises that are just five centimetres long. Hey, get in. Gutted. Puts me in the top one percent. At least. That's, that's primates, though. But not mammals. The whales have the... Yeah, the technically, you, you, yeah. What, what was the whale the other week? Five foot? That was the the, the oh, that was that the clit. Yeah. The, well, the clit was <laughs> three foot long. Yeah. The vagina was five foot deep. The whale was six. no, no. Wasn't mm. the whale? not the whale? The male whale's penis go up to like fucking ten foot? Something like that. Oh yeah, it's just getting the tip in, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> he was tipping it. Tipping it. <laughs> <laughs> so the pe- penis fact for you. Okay. Hermaphroditic flatworms. Right. Fence each other with their penises. Oh, God! Well, I've never done that before. The winner stabs a loser with his penis, inseminating them. Wow, so they become a chick? Yeah, just... Aphrodite, didn't they? Oh, yeah. So they got both wow. male and female. I do quite admire that. Like, imagine, like, if Star Wars, the end fight of Revenge of the Sith, was with them tapeworms. I have the high ground, Anakin! Uh, <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and with their lightsaber jubilee with their car. Be inseminating into Anakin. Yeah, and then burning him in lava. <laughs> Cut his arms and legs off, burning him in, presumably removing his penis too. <laughs> oh man. I don't want to see the fucking tapeworm version of Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> Hit me with another. Before taking office in Kentucky, all politicians must swear that they have never challenged anyone to a duel. Oh, but dueling's what makes politics great. <laughs> Bring it back. I can't say I've ever tra- challenged anyone to a duel. Not I'm real, considering it now. Not a real duel, anyway, you know. A joke duel. With a stick. I'm gen- <laughs> <laughs> Was that one of the kids? <laughs> no, actually. So when I was 20 odd years old, I was like, yeah, having a camp out. Fair enough. Grabbed a stick. Were you high? Yeah. <laughs> Had a few beers and yeah. Just round the campfire. Yeah, why not? Dueling <laughs> with the burning stick or something, pretending we're Jedi's. Me and John and he both practice swords in lockdown because we thought we'd try and duel each other. No, like the, the, the polymer ones are like, they're the same weight but don't hurt when they hit you. Oh. Or don't hurt as much. I'll plug, shamelessly plug Devil's Advocate, my sideshow. Yeah, we have this massive argument, and I still don't consider it fixed that a samurai could beat a knight. I think a knight would win. So I was going to get a medieval broadsword, he was going to get a katana, and we'd try and reenact it. <laughs> Fuck me, I just seen a fucking disaster. <laughs> <laughs> Chopping it just fucking I was, limbs off. No, real ones, I think we practice swords. Oh, oh dude. They're, not bl- they're, not, they're just blunt. <laughs> But I was actually get, I was getting to the point where I was looking on eBay for buying shields and helmets. Can you lift a broadsword? Yeah, it's about four or five pounds, yeah. I get it, Ben. You might need it when the apocalypse comes. Well, I might get the, the sharpened one at that point. But I did consider buying a Viking one too, a Viking broadsword, because I think that was superior too. But I think your flatmate with the, the lighter katana is uh, has got, got the upper hand. No, we could, but well, maybe so in practice. But in reality, I say the katana can't take blows from the knight's broadsword. 
and would shatter or at least blunt itself very quickly and because it hasn't got a, a stabbing edge or it's not heavy enough to use as a bludgeoning weapon the knight would win because he's I got like a, optimism a, he's like. got a point to his sword so he can stab more efficiently with a straighter edge and he can if all else fails you can fucking hammer him to death with it I'm on a samurai sword oh you're all fucking oh, it. you're all idiots you can't see it have you seen the size of a broadsword have you stood next to one a medieval half and a hand sword it's like what John Snow's wielding. It's not what John Snow's wielding in Game of Thrones. As soon as you pull back, <laughs> throwing <laughs> star in the neck. That's, 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 that's not samurais, that's ninjas. Oh, oh shit, all right then. Ninjas they, didn't use throwing they stars. Got throw, they've got some throwing stuff, haven't they? they? Uh, I, just, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, they did have, but no, yeah. Samurais didn't, no, they yeah, were all at the sword. The speed. Anyway, enough, last fact up fact. Listen to the episode and let me, let me know what you think, people. The United States National Park Service issued an official recommendation against sacrificing your slowest friend if you're attacked by an irate bear. Oh, that <laughs> seems... Quote, even if you think the friendship has won its cause. Wow. <laughs> That's fantastic. Always go back. Leave no man behind. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the old joke though, isn't it? Uh, you know, oh, that bear's coming at us. Why are you putting your trainers for on? You can't you know, run it. I haven't got to. I'm going to go out and run you. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, go on then. That's it. That's it. The last one. Yeah. Alright then. We'd also like to uh, plug uh, Captain Burrito t-shirts <laughs> that had but two clicks. <laughs> and one of them was me, and one of them was Mike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the Facebook page, the link that works. Don't buy the 19 quid. Yeah, they are 19 quid, that is ridiculously <laughs> expensive. Christmas is coming up. If you want to spend 19 quid like Captain Burrito, all poke, cut into the bottom of the post to the bottom of his t shirt. You probably need to be sectioned, but if not, then you're welcome to purchase one. Go to the Facebook page. Yeah, you see the link. Oh. <laughs> Honestly, we'll reinvest the money in beer and weed and maybe podcast equipment. Uh, well, thanks for listening. I've been Ben. Don't drink the flavour aid. Don't join a cult. I'm Mike, thanks for listening. Peace out, may the force be with you. And I've been Claire, and... (laughs) Keep an open mind, but not so open that it spills out your ears like me. (laughs) Good night.